Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You are about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Alan and Aaron Sports Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Alan and Aaron. And a pleasant good evening to everyone tonight. It's April 9th, 2021. Hopefully everyone had a great, uh, safe, happy Easter weekend last weekend. Uh, we were off uh, as um, as uh, time to spend with our families. Uh, Alan is here with us tonight, and we've got some great uh, stuff going on in the world of sports. We're going to talk tonight about the NFL with a draft right around the corner. Major League Baseball is a week into the season. The Masters is going on in golf, and of course, uh, Alan's personal favorite boxing news here tonight as well. So good evening, Alan. How are you this evening? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate being here and having this show with you. Life has been really good this week. Yeah, great week. Uh, it's always good to be Friday, though. I uh, always look forward to uh, to our uh, our show and the news we get to talk about. And again, um, you know, we don't take this for granted at all because a year ago at this time, Everything was at a standstill. We weren't sure whether, uh, sure whether we were going to have a show or not because there wasn't really much to talk about. So a lot of things have happened here over the last several months. You go back to, uh, you go back to uh, early February and Tampa wins the Super Bowl. Uh, we just saw the uh, NCAA basketball tournament conclude here uh, Monday night. Um, the Masters is going on, which is always one of my favorite times of the year. Um, great to see baseball season starting as well the one season i don't like is the fact that it's allergy season so if my voice sounds a little bit different than normal it is the allergies uh playing into uh here with the florida pollen so uh alan we're going to kick it right off here tonight uh some stuff going on in the nfl uh we'll go ahead and get that out of the way here first this evening draft is right around the corner we've seen some big news this week as sam Darnold was traded from the new york jets i'm sure he's happy to be out of that disaster down to the Carolina Panthers to be their new starting quarterback. What do you think of that? Yeah, it was a bit shocking move that Sam Darnold got traded, especially being that he hasn't been there too long. Also, the fact that they had Teddy Bridgewater. So now it's it's interesting in what they're going to do in that situation. So I was a bit surprised they did get a new coach in. So it, it, maybe that has a lot to do with it, the fact that they have Mark Shalea in there. But I was a bit surprised that they did pull Sam Darnold so quickly. I don't think he played that, you know, that poorly. And for them to move him that quick, it was really mind-boggling. What were your thoughts on the, the trade? Well, I, I, I didn't think that Carolina would be the, the place of destination. And I think they just they, – they offered probably more than anybody else. I really thought um, – I, I was fairly certain that he was going to get moved. I thought of some other places he would probably have been a good fit in too that are in need of a starting quarterback. You think about uh, San Francisco potentially. You think about the Denver Broncos. You think about um, Bears. I mean, they're still probably kind of reeling from not landing uh, Russell Wilson here a few weeks back. Uh, and there's a handful of other teams you know, that could have um, could have made their move there. Um, even the Patriots, and granted, I don't think that would have happened just because they're in the same division, but um, it, it was a little bit of a head-scratcher when he ended up in, in Carolina. Now, you know, I've always believed that, hey, the more 
competitiveness you have on a roster, whether it's in football or any other sport, usually the better the team is going to be because you have more depth. Guys push each other to play better. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But now it kind of you wonder. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater signed that big contract uh, last off season. You kind of wonder if he's going to get moved or are they going to go into camp with a quarterback battle or, you know, what's, what's going to happen there. And the thing I think is so confusing about this is it seemed like Bridgewater because of his unique skill set, he's more of a scrambling type quarterback. He can throw on the run and that kind of thing. Seems like he fit the offense that they have there better, but sometimes you look at the overall, you know, type of quarterback and, Maybe there's something they see in Sam Darnold that we all don't. I mean, they're they're the ones making the the big bucks to make these big decisions, not you and I. So, <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. You know, they're making the big decisions, and it's going to be a good situation for Sam Darnold as far as him getting a little bit more, you know, his attention. You know, the Jets are really have been a team that have really struggled to get their name in the in the spotlight. So him moving to Carolina will be a great thing. He does have some weapons. You know, he he definitely has uh, McCaffrey back there. Christian McCaffrey, one of the premier backs in the league. So hopefully he can be healthy and come back strong. And so that should be helpful for him. I don't know how much, you know, what the big question is, what's going to happen with Teddy Bridgewater? You brought up a great point. You know, what do you think happens to Teddy now that they got Sam? Well, if I predicted back at the beginning of uh, the off season, you know, right after the Super Bowl was played, this is going to be a big off season for quarterback movement. And to this point, it hasn't really developed quite to that level. I mean, I, I was thinking there's going to be 15, maybe even 18 or 20 teams that have a new new quarterback coming in. And I think we're probably in the eight to 10 range at this point uh, that have, have moved from one roster to the other. I think as we get closer to the draft, we're right around the corner. Um, you know, here late late April, early May from the draft, I think you're going to see more things happen. Um, this is typically that time of year where these things do occur. And even if, I mean, even beyond that, you could see some, some things happen, you know, as we get into mini camps and right before the preseason and stuff kicks off, you could see things happen too. A lot of it depends. I mean, you, you sometimes will get a guy who, I mean, I, I look again, you look at some of these teams out there like Denver, um, you know, they haven't had a, a real consistent quarterback that's put put together, you know, two or three consecutive really good seasons since Peyton Manning was there. And that's been, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago now. So, again, they're looking for consistency out there. I I, I think that the 49ers, um, I think they're going to end up uh, taking uh, taking the kid from Ohio State. I think they could jump up and make a, a surprise move. And maybe Garoppolo ends up back in New England. That'd be a good fit for him to go back there where he – you know, has that uh, previous relationship there with Bill Belichick and maybe the 49ers jump in and they go after Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he'd be a good, um, you know, good quarterback to have in that system of offense that they have out there in San Francisco. It's kind of that West coast style offense, which is, uh, you know, let's throw the short pass. Let's, you know, run the bootleg. Let's let the quarterback kind of run around and, you know, they've they brought that back there. That was something that was missing in San Francisco for a lot of years until uh, Kyle Shanahan took over there three or four years ago. So um, wouldn't shock me to see Kyle, uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater end up out west. You know, I mean, look, we, we saw uh, 
uh, Wentz go to the to the Colts here a few weeks back too. So you, you see some of these dominoes start to fall, and I, I still wouldn't be shocked if Russell Wilson was not with the Seahawks when the season kicks off here. I, I still think that there's a, a good, very, very good chance. I don't think he's happy out there in Seattle any longer. I don't think that they're, you know, in a good harmony like they were back when they were going to the Super Bowl several years back. So I wouldn't be shocked if he was um, still somehow playing somewhere else when the season begins. No, I agree with you. I think that's a great point about Russell Wilson. And, you know, anytime I see Russell as great of a play as he is, I just can't get that play out of my mind in the Super Bowl where he threw that pick. <laughs> I just, I, I know he didn't call a play, but just a week or two ago, my son played that, that clip and, and it's just the worst call I would have to say in Super Bowl history to throw a pass when you have Marshawn Lynch in his prime back there. You don't even give him an opportunity to run it in. Mm-hmm. Take six yards on the play right before. Very easy six yards. And he went from the seven to the one yard line. You don't even give him a chance. And you had opportunity to and time to give him a chance. And I just can't get that play out of my mind because it's just one of those things, just how imagine where he could have been and how things have been so different had he scored that touchdown, he would have two rings and Brady, Brady would be short one. It could have changed things so drastically thereafter. And what we're going to do now, we're going to go ahead to a caller. We're going to bring him on the line right now. Let me do that for you right now. Hi, you're on the Allen you and Aaron Sports. Hey. I didn't think it was going to get so quickly. Thanks. <laughs> oh, no problem. How are you doing today, Lou? Blue? Lou, how- ah, all right. <laughs> Always great to hear from you, Lou. How you been? All right. No, I mean, I, I just think, you know, I've been kind of uh, tied up for the last couple of weeks, but uh, I'm good now. That's good to hear. You, you know, timing is perfect because uh, Good Friday, last Friday, we took the day off in respect to Good Friday, right. so you didn't miss anything. Yeah, and the week before that was my birthday, so that was a bit of a problem. Well, yeah, yeah. You, uh, Lou, what, what's, yeah. Uh, what's on your mind here tonight? <laughs> well, uh, did you start any particular topic yet or no? Uh, we're just kind of going over uh, NFL stuff. I know you're um, you're up in uh, New York, if I remember correctly, and, uh, and Sam Darnold was happy jaded, that Darnold so. is game free. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> uh, how, how, what, what is what is the, uh, the the word on the street up there? Are, are people mostly happy about this or just kind of a mixed mixed feelings or what, what's mixed, the feeling up there? It's a mixed bag. You can, you can take it or leave it because you know a lot of people think well the fall is always wasn't always on Darnold, which is true, but he really wasn't you know. You know the star quarterback that you know everybody was looking for. You know, especially um, after he had little incidents with mono and then you know, the ghost epi- the ghost uh, epidemic he had. So after I think he kind of lost his momentum and never recovered. You know, it's a hard place to play in New York. I mean, if he if he'd been drafted well, by, sure. let's say Arizona or you know. Uh, Houston, or you know, maybe a just an obscure team in the middle of the country somewhere. I don't think he'd have the the pressure to uh, you know on him. But you, you look at the Jets' quarterback situation these last, yes. let's just say, twenty years. You know, you go back to Chad Pennington, you go back to uh, Mr. Butt Fumble himself, uh, Mark Sanchez. Um, yes. <laughs> and there's we can add a whole bunch of others to the list. Well, it, look, it, I mean, it really Sanchez is a hard place to play. To, at least we got the two AFC title games with with Sanchez, so it wasn't all that bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very good. That's point. true. Very good point there. Yeah. What are the What are I the mean, Jets going to do? I mean, do we see them going after you know quarterback in the first round? Or what What are you thinking they're going to do? Well, they're looking at this, they're looking at the kid from uh, BYU. That has been oh. what I've been hearing. Um, he seems like he's a, a legit quarterback too. I mean, it looks looks like uh, another potential star in the making. It just you know, is this going to be another situation where two or three years in they're going to kind of change course again, or is this somebody they're going to, you know, buy and stick with, if you will? Well, it depends on how well he does his first year. I mean, you know, we all had the thing about Sam Darnold. You know, it was, you know, all the fuss his first year thinking he was going to do something, and he really didn't. I mean, the first game was like, oh, boy, this is going to be, this is going to be very painful. <laughs> that was not a great game at all. Yeah. Do you see the Jets uh, being? Uh, I mean, so do you agree with the move? Yeah. Do I agree that they need to be traded? Yes. Oh wow! Now, do you do you see okay, the Jets? So you support the move. It, so Lou, do you see the Jets? And again, you you have a little bit more of an insight uh, than we do because of the fact that you're in New York and you hear all the the, the local talk shows, and I'm sure a lot of the mm-hmm. water cooler talk, if you will, out on the street. Um, and the New York are, are, are the Jets anywhere near being a contender, or is this going to be a team kind of like the Browns, where they just kind of kick it down the down the road for the next several years? Are they are they anywhere well, near being a contender I again? Gonna, I don't think you're going to see a division, um, you know, a division title within the next couple of years. I mean, I don't think you're going. I mean, going from worst to first is pretty hard to do, but I think maybe they're going to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, it, well, it can't may, get much it worse. Take you know <laughs> uh, two or three years to get maybe that division title or whatnot, but uh, yeah. I think they're going to do better. But we, we couldn't do much worse. I mean, especially now that you got Am Gaze gone, who they thought was an offensive-minded genius. Yeah, right. So uh, I don't think we can do much worse. Yeah, I've looked at Adam Gaze as kind of like the uh, the modern-day um, – who was the coach that the Redskins had uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. He used to be the – North Turner. Yeah. Always, always yeah, a great North coordinator. Turner. Can never – it was just never a great head coach. He, he, so he's kind of – the coordinator level is kind of where he where he belongs, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. I was gonna say instigator, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I still remember. Uh, but he was also an instigator. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I like to laugh a little bit here and there, Lou, and I'm sure you probably remember the the introductory press conference, the the whole thing with his eyes when he when he got introduced up there uh, a couple of years back, and. Uh, it was a uh, for me. It was a little bit mind-boggling that he was even hired because he didn't do very well in Miami. And granted, Miami hasn't been great for a while. But they finally kind of gotten back no, on kidding. on course. And then the Jets go and hire him, and it was almost like when uh, New York had hired, I think it was Eric Mangini, who had done terrible in Cleveland, and then they Man. bring him into New York. So, so yeah. Are you I mean, doing your? I would say. I would say uh, Yes, I am. Okay, you're gonna be. We and uh, <laughs> we and Aaron are gonna try to give you a call in tomorrow. From, it's from five to seven, correct? Great, that's correct. East Coast yeah, yeah. time. East Coast East time. Coast. We're in the uh, East Coast as well, so that that works out perfectly. Oh, good. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you might have forgot the number though. Yeah, yeah. What's what the number? That, what is that number, Alu? Go ahead. Okay, it's called. All right, it's. One, it's one hundred. We're awful. No, uh, no. Five one two. Five one two. Five four three four. Five one. 
512-543-4662. Correct. Which translates no, to one eight hundred which translates to one eight hundred we're awful. No. Yeah, I, I just I just tried one eight hundred we're awful and it was the uh Jets season ticket holder line, so I, I guess uh I guess we'll hang up on that oh, one. Yeah. So. No, that was that was Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> another oh, another historically oh. bad team in the last several years for sure, so <laughs> I can go on look. If there's a bad team that, you know, I can make fun of, you know I'll be ready for it. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, Cleveland wasn't that bad this year. And I'll tell you, last year, I'll tell you something else, though. That was my, uh, that was my surprise pick uh, of, the, of the season. Yeah, I had a feeling Cleveland was going to be a better team here in 2000 and, uh, past season in 2020. Oh. I just felt like they had uh, had all the pieces in place. Not, not necessarily a Super Bowl run, but um, – No, no, it's not going to carry it away here. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, I mean, and, and you never know what could happen this year, but I, 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 it just felt like last season was a year they were going to have a shot to, to really yeah. get, um, get to the playoff. You know, I, don't, I don't know about you, but what are you thinking when you come when you hear about Cleveland? Um, I mean, the Browns. You go back to the uh, the eighties. Obviously, they were a powerhouse team that just well, couldn't get over the hump. And but, besides, besides being known as a mistake on the link, so uh, you know. No, what I think of Cleveland, there is one thing. I know you're going to find it's a little bit ridiculous that, again, I'm a ridiculous kind of person. But I've always thinking of the song uh, that's used from the Drew Carey show, Cleveland Rocks. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. I know, yep. I know. It sounds dumb. I know. But, you know, I couldn't resist. But remember, the person that brought me here to all this is from Cleveland. So I do pay homage to that. There you go. There you go. And Cleveland if is a great, that, a, a great sports town. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be doing this five, there, years, sure. for five years later. Oh, my God. Yeah, five years. yeah. Well, five years nationally, we'll put it that way. Yeah. Well, and again, I, I think Cleveland is one of the best uh, sports towns. I think they have some of the best and, and rowdiest fans, uh, most supportive fans in um, uh-huh. in all sports, you know, for well, sure. Well, when you say I, rowdy, I mean, that's not <laughs> – I don't really think that's a good thing. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking more of the dog pound side of things, you know, the, the craziness. Okay, because, uh, you know, because <laughs> – Okay, then I guess I guess we have a different definition of you know rowdy because I think rowdy is like unruly, you know, a mob scene like that. So I guess we have a different definition. Yeah, there's there. I mean, look, there's 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 New York rowdy, there's uh, Cleveland rowdy, the the dog pound, there's Philadelphia rowdy. Well, they'll throw a snowball at Santa Claus. It just depends on where you're from. Oh yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Santa Claus not coming to my town. Oh. oh. <laughs> hey Rudolph, here's one for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my nose is broken. <laughs> I won't sign tonight. No, oh, shut up. <laughs> if you well, think that's bad, I kill my own version of the of the of the, of the Christmas uh, the Christmas Carol. Yeah. <laughs> I won't do it here, though. I don't want the SEC on my back. <laughs> well, Lou, thank you so much for giving us a call tonight. Uh, we look forward to. Uh, ringing into your show here tomorrow. You said between five and great. seven, so we'll make sure we're right on that for you. Good, thanks a lot, fellas. No, oh, you have a great night. Thanks, <laughs> and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it's always nice always, to hear. Always Lou. good to hear from from good old Lou from uh, from up in uh, up in the New York, New Jersey area there. So he's always got some good insight for uh, the New York teams, and in particular here tonight, the Jets. So. 
Um, NFL stuff is going to start heating and cooking up here the next couple weeks with the draft right around the corner. I expect more trades. Um, I expect uh, some more things to happen. Now, we talked about quarterbacks, and you and I were talking about this off air about half an hour ago. Uh, Alan, it's been a rough couple weeks for Deshaun Watson. He's got all this stuff that's uh, started to surface here from the last several years. Does not look good for him right now. What what do you think about uh, everything going on where he's at right now? Yeah, he's in a tough, tough place. I mean, you went from asking to get out of Houston and now it's you you asking to get out of Houston, it can't come fast enough now. This the you know, where there's smoke, I always believe there's some fire there. You're talking about twenty two women who now have to go public in order to accuse Deshaun Watson of some wrongdoing. I mean, I'm not saying he's guilty, but it just does not look good. You have 22 women coming out saying the same story about a misconduct. And for Deshaun Watson, the problem that he has is that he wanted to get out of Texas, but now what's going to happen is if these charges do get more and more serious, the NFL is going to have to pretty much step in and give and be fair, put in that, that conduct policy and enforce it. You know, anytime there's a situation where, multiple people show up it has not worked out well for the person who's denying it i'll say it like that you know when there's multiple people saying the same thing so i have my prayers and thoughts are to the people if this is true for the victims or seem like they're going through a lot of mental anguish no one should have to be uh violated in that way so if it is true my prayers and thoughts are are to the possible victims involved in this case. But uh, with Deshaun Watson, this is a pivotal point in his career right now, and it and it doesn't look good. What are your thoughts on, on the situation? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's uh, we talked about this off air again before, you know, again, you know, in this country, you're innocent to proven guilty. So there, there's still the burden of proof on the prosecution side. But again, when 22 people are saying this, if it was two or three, it's one thing. That doesn't look good either. Don't get me wrong, but when there's 22 or 20, whatever it is now, 22 or 23, it just doesn't look good. And you know, if I'm the Houston Texans, you just went through a coaching change this past year. You traded away right before last season one of your most popular receivers. Um, personnel decisions weren't very good, so you already were kind of you know not really in the fans' favor, and then. You have this happening now, so you kind of wonder, you know, if I'm the Texans, I'm thinking I got to find a quarterback because you don't know if this guy's going to be able to play next year. You know, you you really can't take that chance that, you know, I mean, you you can't roll the dice here and and, and bet that he's going to be there. And this kind of reminds me a little bit, not to the same degree, obviously different situation, um, circumstance or different off-the-field thing that happened, but it kind of goes back to when Michael Vick uh, got in trouble with the dog fighting and I think it was 2007 and it was something that kind of, they saw it coming from a mile away and it just kind of built up and built up and built up, built up. And then finally, you know, everything let loose. And I kind of think, you know, the same kind of situation may happen here with, with the Texans where they're going to have, they're going to just have to move on. You know, that's just, that's, that's the only thing they're going to be able to do is, is um, they need to go in another direction. You know, sometimes you just have to, wipe the slate clean and start over again. And, you know, again, I hope that this is not true, but again, again, when you have that many people who are saying that it is, it's like you said, when there's smoke, there's fire, it's hard to, 
hard to ignore, you know, the things that have been, you know, put out there. So um, we'll, I'm sure, have more information. I'm sure we'll have more details as uh, as more of the uh, facts and stuff from that case do come out here over the next several weeks. And I'm sure, again, the NFL is going to um, – is going to come down and, and make some sort of announcement here too before before too much longer. So, um, you know, the great thing about this time of year, you know, we're April 9th. So we're beginning of the second week of April baseball season. And um, my all-time favorite player, even though I never saw the guy play a live game in my life, um, Hank Aaron yesterday was the 47th anniversary of number 715. And, um, I look at Hank Aaron. I have a poster of him on the wall here in my studio. I, I, I just think, uh, especially with the chaos that our country and our world really have been in the last uh, year or so, you know, on all different levels and all different areas, I think of this guy who was such a model citizen, very consistent in, you know, treating others so fairly. So I want to say tonight, um, with Hank Aaron Day having been yesterday, the anniversary of his uh, 715th home run, one of the greatest moments in sports history when he broke that record 47 years ago that was before you and i are both born by the way um just yeah. uh, happy to happy to be able to see that play happy to be able to have you know grown up and read about him and and watched uh you know in his business dealings and being a part of major league baseball and being an ambassador for the game for the last you know talking about 70 almost 70 years i mean i think he was 88 when he passed away and he came into the into the pros at 18 years old, 17, 18 years old. So he spent 80, uh, 70 years, you know, in and around the game. So um, just want to say, you know, thank you to him. And, and again, uh, it's always a nice anniversary for 715. I've seen that, uh, seen that video. I can't tell you how many times, probably 715 times. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it's always a great thing. And, and we, we all have a lot to learn, I think, from Hank Aaron. I think he, and I know we've talked about this several times. We talked about this with Daryl Strawberry back in in, yeah. uh, in late January. We talked about it with Chip Carey uh, a couple months back as well. Um, was always a, a good guy to be around and a guy you could learn not just about baseball from, but about life and how to treat others and how to to um, you know to be fair. And so, Alan, what do you think about the season being underway? It's nice to to not have this um, this. Uh, burden on us where we're not being able to talk about things that are actually happening on the field. What, what, how do you feel about that are actually being a season that we're almost a little over a week into now? It's amazing. It really truly is remarkable that we, as a, as a country was able to turn things around and, and now things are starting to look, I mean, still not normal yet, but it's starting to look more like normal baseballs in, in full effect. You have good sized crowds that are showing up, you know, being wearing a mask and, and it, it looks like we're going to have a, you know, if everything goes smoothly, a full season, which is, which yeah. is awesome. I mean, you know, I caught, I caught the Yankees game, uh, caught parts of it. And then it, it, you get to feel like there's nothing really much different. I mean, you know, fewer crowds, but you know what? It's great that the fans are out. It's, it's the, the Rays, I know they had limited capacity, but it sold out when the Yankees came through. So that's awesome. I, I just think that's that's a, that's remarkable that, that that baseball is back, you know, and things are moving in the right direction. People are coming out now to the games. 
it's a great feeling. What are your thoughts on on the now that the season's underway and fans are coming out? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm going to go in a more of a historical perspective. I think I made mention of this a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, baseball has always been the thing that uh, our country has turned to to um, take our focus off things that maybe were negative. It's kind of that escape for for lack of a better term. You go back to 9-11, and baseball was a big part of the healing process there. That World Series that year uh, between the Diamondbacks, who ended up winning, and the Yankees is, in my opinion, still one of the best World Series that's ever been played. But you go back to the you know the 40s when the World War II was going on, and baseball was a big part of the healing process back then too. So it's it's nice to see that, again, we come back to that here. It was nice to have the shortened season last year where we at least got something. We at least got that entertainment. And now as we're kind of getting through, hopefully close to the other side of this pandemic, seeing baseball be that thing that people are going back to for the entertainment, you know, to, to get away from real life for a few moments. So that's why we don't talk politics because <laughs> sports, is yeah. it, even, though, even though, look, even though, and there's politics in sports, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's about, you know, which team you like better, which player you like better. That's the only politicking on this. Um, it, it, because again, we're looking for the common, the common thing. And so the only disagreements that we have are who's, who's a better player, who's a better quarterback and, and all that. And the, the, the common thing, and this is why you and I started this show a year plus ago is because we both love talking about sports. Now I'll go ahead and say this. My favorite clip from any movie in the history of movies is Field of Dreams, and I forget the name of the character he played in the movie, but there's that famous scene where James Earl Jones, who just has one of the greatest voices of all time, is talking about, um, you know, obviously if you build it, they will come, and um, talking about how, you know, baseball has always been the thing that our country has, you know, turned to, and, you know, it's like a, a chalkboard, and they wipe it clean, and then it starts over again kind of thing, so... Yeah, that's kind of where I feel like we're at right now. You know, last year is gone. 2021 is here. It's a brand new year. And, um, you know, just excited to see what's going to happen. Because, again, you know, at the beginning of the season, everyone has yes. some hope. You know, some hope. Every, every team has a shot. So, we'll, we'll see what happens. If you build it, they'll come. Yep, that's very true. That's very true. That, that could <laughs> even happen in Tampa. That could even happen in Tampa, too. Hopefully, they get a new uh, – I know they've been looking at a new ballpark over there for for the last several years, and hopefully that uh, hopefully that does happen. Now, a couple of things that happened this week in baseball um, that uh, you know, common stuff that happened throughout the season. You had uh, you had the fight between the Reds and the Cardinals. I want to say early last week, um, guy hit a home run, kind of paraded around, and then um, no, 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 take it back. That was um, it was a pitch inside, I believe it was, and it was somebody from the Reds that got in the – I think it was the third baseman for Cincinnati – got in the face of the pitcher who was covering home plate on a pass ball, and it led to clearing brawl. I love seeing that kind of stuff. That's old-school baseball right there. So it's nice to see kind of those normal things that weren't supposed to happen last year. They're happening this year. It is, uh, it is always nice. And, you know, again, we're only a week or so into the season. We did have the Mets and the uh, – and the Nationals have their series canceled because of the COVID protocol. I would imagine that's probably going to happen a few more times. That's just going to be part of how things go for the next year or so. Um, 
But it is, uh, Alan, it is good to see all baseball things starting to really get back to where we normally would see them at in a normal season. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you're exactly right. You know, it's amazing now. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's it's great that things are starting to open up, but the more things change, the more they stay the same. You know, yep. now <laughs> it almost seems like when we had the short season, people avoided stuff like that. They avoided charging the mound, getting that close to people in, in that proximity. And now people feel like more comfortable and you're starting to see, like you said, the bench clearing brawls and stuff like that. You know, COVID is still out there, guys. But you're right. You're going to see these things come up from time to time where series get canceled. But at least you still haven't, you know, right now, for the most part, most of the games are played. I did see the, the bench clearing. And that's what I was thinking, like, man, they're already getting at it like there's nothing happened. You know? So yeah. it's it's – it's still a great thing that they're they're out there playing and you're starting to have more normalcy. I know more people are able to get vaccinated now. So it's great that we're moving in the, in the direction where things are starting to become normal. I don't know how it is with, well, you mentioned that there was no autograph seeking now. I don't know how it is a couple of weeks now that, now that the season started. I imagine it's, going to be a, probably about the same, but you probably will always find somebody who will give an autograph anyway, I, I guess. What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I, from my understanding anyways, I believe the league mandated that there's no contact between fans and players, and I think there's some steep penalties for if they do that, um, which is the right thing. You know, until this is all behind us, which I think we're very close to that being the case. Until this is all behind us, I think that's a smart decision because the last thing you want is something like that to cause a series to get canceled or have to be played again later on, you know, disrupting people going to games and and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I think that, again, I, I'm not in the medical expertise field, but I think that uh, hopefully by next year, Everything as far as, you know, being able to be getting autographs and, you know, fist bumping players and that kind of stuff that hopefully that returns in 2022, um, you know, and then we're able to see, you know, full capacity at uh, at some games. I mean, that would be really nice uh, to be able to get back in. And I know I'm going to be going to some games here this summer. I have a game in Boston I'm going to here in June, a game in Atlanta and uh in July, wow. and I'm, I'm sure some games here in the Tampa area too, uh, throughout the year, and um, I know they're taking the right the right precautions. I mean, they've they've really well planned these things out. You know, they're trying to keep everybody safe, and you know, there's no reason why we can't go to these games. We just have to make sure we're following whatever the rules are, because again, we want to keep everybody from from having any uh, any difficulties there. So, um, you're right. How about uh, how about that contract? Uh, how about that contract that uh, Francisco Lindor got from the Mets? He, I guess, he had a deadline where once the season started, he wasn't going to negotiate, and they came to him and paid him three hundred million dollars plus uh, at the last minute. What do you what do you think about that? I think that's a, a great move for both parties involved. I mean, in a situation where you have we lost pretty much what seventy percent of the season last year due to COVID. 
And this year, most of the teams, of course, is exceptions to the rule, and some of them are not having full capacity. For you to get that type of contract in these times, hey, that's a win-win. You know, you yeah. can't <laughs> – you know I mean? Most businesses are making those COVID contracts, or if they're not cutting things back, they're double-charging to make the money back. You know, so well, for you to get a contract of that, that statue yeah. shows that, that's, that you're really good. And let's not forget that there is a um, a looming uh, potential work stoppage. Uh, the collective bargaining agreement runs out at the end of this year, uh, which you know could lead to a lockout, could lead to a strike. Probably a lockout would be more likely, but um, you know something we haven't seen since 1994. And of course, you and I and everyone else are certainly hoping that doesn't happen. But typically, as you lead into the end of a collective bargaining agreement, you don't typically see big contracts like this being handed out and the Mets took a big risk in making this move because this one I think will certainly pay off for them better than when they got Robinson Cano. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to wipe their hands clean of that whole situation. They've gone out moved on from the manager and the general manager and everything that, that was involved in that trade a few years ago when Thor's a dynamic player, um, you know, I, he, he's a superstar. He, he belongs in a big city like New York. Um, and, you know, the nice thing is, and I'm saying this from just a pure fan of baseball perspective, it's nice to see the superstar shortstop on the other side of town now. You know, you had Jeter in New York and with the Yankees for, you know, almost 20 years. And so it's nice to see, you know, him playing, being being the, the star player, maybe, the, maybe one of the biggest players in town right now. Um, yeah, that was the big acquisition for either of the New York teams this past uh, this past off season. So nice to see that happen. I don't know if the Mets are going to be able to do anything because they they just seem to always mismanage things. But you know, it's good to have a player like that in um, you know in New York and, and um, you know on the Yankees side, they really improved their pitching staff this off season. They went out and got Jamison Tyon from Pittsburgh, and they got uh, Corey Kluber as a free agent. So I think that their rotation is really solid. We'll see how things you know, play out. Obviously, health is going to make a big uh, or be a big determining factor in whether they get to where they want to go, which ultimately is winning World Series. But, um, but uh, no, good, good for him. And I know our buddy Daryl Strawberry. I remember seeing him post uh, ten days or so ago. You know, good, good for, um, good for Lindor to take. Uh, you know, make as much money as you can. You know, you only get to play this game for for so long and. If somebody's going to pay you three hundred million dollars, you might as well take it. So, <laughs> I know Absolutely. you and I are getting that money. Yeah, you and you and I are getting that kind of money. So, <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to take it. I mean, it, there's no sense being super greedy when somebody's giving you three hundred million dollars to play baseball. I mean, that is just that is just like uh, you know better than than hitting the lotto. I mean, literally, you can hit the lotto and not make three hundred million dollars, and that's a thing. You know, Powerball, yes, but. Oh man, that's that's a mega contract, and you know, good for him. And and the Mets, as far as contract, they still hold the record though in the worst contract with Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I read something after this contract by Lindor was signed. It was on uh, online somewhere. Even after this contract that Lindor signed is done, they'll still have like five or ten years left on that deal with Bobby Bonilla. So, oh my, my goodness. goodness, yeah. But you know, here, here's my thing. Again, um, you know, I'm I'm certainly not rooting for the Mets. They're one of my division arrivals, 
at this point in the National League East. But Francisco Lindor, you know, I don't know him. I've never met him before. I've never seen him play in person. But I've seen him enough on, on highlights and in, in games that I've watched over the years when he was with Cleveland. Um, he just he has fun playing the game. He's always got a smile on his face. He's like a little kid out there, you know, enjoying being able to be a grown man playing a little kid's sport. And that, that's what this game needs more of is guys that are like that, that, yeah, I get you get, you get mad when you strike out or you get mad when you give up a home run and lose the game. I don't think anybody's not going to feel that way. But, you know, this is a guy who he, he, he excites his teammates around him. And I'm sure you could ask every guy he played with when he was with the Indians over these last several years, you know, how good a teammate he was. And I'm sure they will all tell you he's one of the best teammates out there. So, Yeah, absolutely. And, and you always want to do – in sports, that's one of the things you always want to do is go ahead and and have fun out there because that's what makes you a better player. And a lot of times I see guys who do sign those big contracts, they begin to press because they're trying to impress so hard and they're trying to justify that big contract as soon as they come in from day one. And that usually leads to a big slump to start the year. Just relax. Yeah. Act like you didn't get this contract. You know, take a page out of some of the players who have been before you gotten big contracts and was able to just kind of put it in back seat and just go ahead and play. That's what you just need to do. Have fun out there. It's a game. Enjoy, enjoy it. I mean, enjoy the fact you got the contract you're done in a sense. If you know, with you managing your money, right, you should be financially set for life. So just enjoy it. Just go out there, have fun, do what you do best. You've been playing this game since you were a kid. Francisco Lindor, you know, congratulations on that big mega contract. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, he's certainly um, well-deserved of that. And this is a common thing, too. We're seeing a lot of these big big mega contracts, um, you know, signed here these last two or three years. You know, Bryce Harper got one. We saw Garrett Cole get one last year. Um, for Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, which unfortunately he got hurt here this past week, but he got a big one from the Padres here um here a couple weeks back so you know this is becoming a more common thing to see and um it's a good time to be a major league baseball player there's a lot of money to be made and um you know i think that the um the league minimum right now i think for major league baseball i have to go back and look at the exact numbers but i want to say it's like six hundred and forty two thousand dollars something like that i mean i take that right now so um what do you think of the brains uniform by the way what's that the Braves uniforms. Oh, those are great. Those are great. I, I like those. They've been uh, using those as an alternate uniform for probably the last, uh, I don't know, I think they started wearing those in 2002, 2003 as a tribute back then uh, to the, the 70s Braves and to Hank Aaron and, you know, Phil Necro and some of the other um, classic Braves players. Uh, those are really nice. I really like them. And I know that uh, this whole weekend that they are, uh, supposed to wear them all weekend. Uh, Hank Aaron weekend, as we talked about before. Uh, but you got to keep in mind too. You know, Hank Aaron passed away here back at the end of January. Phil Necro, he passed away back in, I believe it was right after Christmas. Um, Don Sutton, who had been a uh, broadcaster for them for the last almost 30 years, uh, he passed away back at the uh, end or beginning end of January, beginning of February. And then uh, Bill Mar- uh, Bill Bartholomew, um, who was their owner back when they were with the, in Milwaukee um, and Chip Carey actually kind of went into 
greater detail about this here a couple months ago when we spoke to him. He envisioned a Major League Baseball team playing in the South, and he he actually picked the Braves up and moved them from Milwaukee down here to uh, Atlanta back in the mid-60s. And so he was a longtime owner. He also passed away here about a year ago. So they were honoring all those players by wearing those uniforms here tonight and weekend. So I, I do like them. I think they're very – they have kind of a 70s feel to them, I guess. Um, I think baseball is kind of interesting in the 70s, a lot of colorful uniforms. Um, those aren't my favorite necessarily, but I, I do definitely like them. And, of course, that's the same uniform that Hank Aaron had on when he hit 7:15 47 years ago yesterday. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and many uh, prayers and thoughts and, you know, may rest in peace to Hank Aaron. Uh, that is a, a really cool uniform that they wear. You know, it makes me want to kind of order one of those, have one for myself. <laughs> it's a really cool uniform, and it has an old-school feel to it, but it looks really, really different and cool. You know, definitely we miss Hank Aaron and him as a, a man, as a legend. And you mentioned earlier about Daryl. We did have Daryl Strawberry on the day that Hank Aaron did pass away. We want to thank Daryl for, for joining us and giving his thoughts about how much Hank Aaron meant to him. So it was really cool that they had Hank Aaron day the other day and honoring 715, you know, definitely he had to go through a whole lot and he did it with class to get to 715. And also speaking of Daryl, he has a book signing that's coming up in, which is also great that things like this are popping up now. Daryl Strawberry is having a book signing May 1st in North Carolina. So uh, visit his page and you'll get the information there. So if you're in the North Carolina area on May 1st, he'll do a in-person signing of his new book, which I have right here. And that's the turn your season around support Daryl Strawberry. He's on our show and you know, me and him are, are friends on Facebook. I appreciate him. So Definitely. You know, it's nice that baseball is getting out. It's nice that people are starting to get out, too. Absolutely. And speaking of, uh, of getting out, um, I'm not sure if, I, if I've seen any of the highlights yet, but actually I haven't seen any of the highlights yet, but with, um, with one of the best times of year being this time in the spring here, the Masters is going on. This is um, day two of the Masters here today. Um, as we get into the weekend and the meat of the tournament, tomorrow and then the final round being on Sunday. Um, I don't know, Alan, have you been watching any of the tournament here these last couple of days? I've been watching some of the highlights. I haven't had been watching, you know, play after play. I did get up to date on it, and I did see that, unfortunately, DJ is out, and so is Rory. They got eliminated, they had the two two guys, and, you know, the, the two guys that you would probably – think would have a very good shot of, of winning the tournament are already out. So the masses is it's, it's a, Augusta is a tough place to play. You kind of need to have some experience on how to play the, the golf course and you got to have to play your game. Big shout out to, to Bryson DeChambeau. He uh, had a poor day, but he came back strong. I, you know, I had just bought a new driver. I have to mention that on the, on our show that, I bought the same driver that Bryson has, the Cobra. <laughs> it's going to be tough for me to hit it as far as him, 300-plus yards, but <laughs> I, I at least brought the same driver he did have. It's on sale at Dick's, and 
I know he signed a contract with Dix too, so it's the exact same model he has. And, you know, the Masters, i tell you this much. I don't want to be in the last day where Jordan Spieth is close because he can get a fury. He just won the last, last tournament, and he could get hot and win this thing. So you you definitely don't want to have him get too close to you because – if you do, you're going to be putting pressure on yourself to get ahead. Have you uh, get a chance to watch a lot of the Masters? I usually don't get a chance to just because, uh, you know, with, with work and everything going on, the, the first two days are typically hard to get to. Um, so it's usually the last two days that are, are the ones that I get a chance to see, and especially the Sunday afternoon part. So, um, yeah, it's such a great tournament, though. And you mentioned Jordan Spieth. You know, this is a guy that I wouldn't want to be – wouldn't want to be facing at the end of the, you know, at the end, you know, the last couple of holes, if you have a shot to win, if he's right there with you, one or two little mistakes here or there, a miss putt, a misread on a green, ball in the water, ball in the bunker, something like that, you're probably not going to win. He's probably going to, he's probably going to push you all the way to the end and end up taking it. So um, it's always interesting to see how things develop because a lot of times in the last couple of years, maybe not last year because of the, COVID stuff going on, but a lot of times you go into the last day and somebody kind of comes out of nowhere at the end and it ends up winning. So wouldn't be shocked to see that being something that happens here again this year. Um, again, uh, surprising though, to see that, uh, as you mentioned, Johnson is out, uh, Rory is out, Kepka is out. I mean, these are the big names that you expect to be uh, on the leaderboard and, you know, potentially winning the tournament. And they're, you know, three big names that are out, and the Tigers obviously not in it this year. So, um, you know, yeah, you're right. Maybe a surprise, and maybe you know, if it's not Spieth, it could be a new name. You know, we we could see we could see the next Bubba Watson this year. You know, kind of kind of a guy that's kind of built up to it, and and maybe surprises everybody and wins. Yeah, and that's the great thing about golf is that even if you are the favorite, if you're a guy who's, you just never know. It depends on how you play. Somebody could be one of the guys that you least expect to get it, have a great weekend. And, and and end up winning. I, I did want to give my thoughts on the Abraham answer penalty stroke that he got, the two-stroke two penalty for unintentionally grazing the sand. My thought on that is when you're hitting in the bunker, even myself, just take do like Tiger. Take your practice swings away from the bunker. Before you step in the sand, take your practice swings outside of the bunker, when you get up to the ball, look at it, size it up, and just hit it out. Don't even get your ball take you know close to it where you're going to pretend like you're going to hit it because when you're in the sand, all you got to do is brush the sand a little bit and you get two-stroke two penalty, and that's exactly what happened. So, you know, when you get on the sand, just think, I, I got to take my practice swings, you know, way, way away from the ball, because you're not allowed to take practice swings in the sand for that reason. You know, you could be brushing away the sand and not hitting the ball, and that's the reason why they have that rule. So the same way that they have the rule where you can't brush away the sand, don't don't even take that risk. It, my, my thoughts on it, it was a, talked a lot about on Twitter about the two-stroke penalty. And if you, watch the, if you watch the replay, you can clearly see that he did – Pat the sand. I mean, it's not a big thing he did, but you did pat the sand. 
So I agree with the penalty strokes. The two penalty strokes, they informed them after later in the day that, hey, you lost those two strokes. But, yeah, just don't take practice strokes in the sand. That's, that's the easiest thing to do. Don't make it close. Yeah, and I think sometimes in a a big tournament like this, you know, you sometimes you just don't you don't you don't think about those kind of things. You, you it happens, and then you realize later on, okay, hey, obviously I wasn't supposed to wasn't supposed to do that. And you know, again, that's part of making mistakes. These things happen sometimes, and yeah, um, we've seen even some of the great ones who have made uh, made those kind of uh, errors or blunders, however you want yeah. to word it. So. Absolutely. So a lot of stuff going on in uh, a lot of stuff going on in sports. I, I'm I'm really fascinated with how the final two days of this tournament are going to go because again, I don't I very well could end up being somebody we don't even know that ends up winning. And I'm looking at some of the yeah. names on the leaderboard right now that I don't really recognize. That are, that are, they're not names that have, have stood out to me in the past that have a real shot. And you know, look at Spieth. He's only two strokes off the lead right now. So um, uh, we'll certainly. Be watching that closely. You and I will be watching that uh, actually tomorrow. So that'll be that'll be a lot of fun to to get uh, to get the uh, the third round, I guess, of the Masters in tomorrow. Exactly. We're gonna get a chance to watch together and over a nice meal, and we're gonna have a <laughs> get a chance to to talk about golf. And it's great that fans are back. And I uh, man, I seen I seen that it, there was so many people that it's really great that. So many people show up for the Masters. I mean, you had uh, Fitzmagic show up even. So you yeah, just never know yeah. who show up, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's 100% yeah. true. So, so Al, you've got some boxing uh, boxing news here for us tonight. What's going on in the world of boxing right now? Yeah, there's a lot going on. And, and definitely I want to thank, first and foremost, top-ranked boxing for – including the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk radio show in the press conference for the fight that's coming up tomorrow. And I was able to go ahead and talk to the boxers and, and I promised fans that I was going to give them my predictions on tonight's fight. I appreciate all the support that uh, the fans have been giving me, especially with the interview that I did with Keith Thurman last month, early last month. And, uh, it got a, a lot of views on, on, on YouTube. I appreciate the fans watching it. But uh, tomorrow there's a big fight between Joe Smith Jr. He's a New York native from Massmith against Vlaslo. I got a chance to uh, – Vlaslo does speak uh, Russian, so they had an interpreter on the conference, the press conference, which is really cool. So if you, had a, you wanted to ask him a question, you had an actual interpreter there who spoke Russian, which is really cool, you know. And and my thoughts on that, that's the main event. My thoughts on that is that Joe Smith Jr. from New York is going to be the lightweight heavy, uh, the lightweight champion. I feel he's going to win that fight. He's hungry. They should have fought two months ago, but Vlasloff, the one who speaks Russian, did come down with a positive test for COVID. So they moved the, the fight back two months and they changed the venue. Instead of being in Las Vegas, they're going to be in Oklahoma. But I do feel as if Joe Smith Jr. is really hungry. He was really disappointed about the delay. It wasn't, you know, there's nothing you could do. Someone has COVID, the body fighting, tested for COVID. I know he still wanted to fight, even with his opponent 
testing positive, but the rules are the rules. They weren't going to let the fight go, and it was non-negotiable. So I agree with top rank, and the, and they was like, no. I even saw the video of him getting notified live, and you could see the disappointment in Joe Smith's face. I just think Joe Smith is, is going to be uh, tough in this fight to beat. He did lose his, you know, he did lose a fight not too long ago, but the guy he fought was a technically sound boxer. I don't feel as if Lysoff is as technically sound. So I do believe Joe Smith Jr. from New York State will be the lightweight champion tomorrow. And that's my prediction on that fight. There was another fight that is going to, going to go on to the the second fight i'm a little i'm not going to lie to you uh, i'm a little bit worried in 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 the outcome because i just feel as if you know it's one of those things where you just feel as if your competition is just going to be so much better and um i, I just see that is this going to be a situation where, oh man, you know, I, I got Joe Smith Jr. winning that fight, but I, I do think um, in the second fight, I have I have my name my on Abate. I think he's going to win the fight. I, I just think uh, that'll be my prediction on those two fights. I, I just um, I, I just don't see the the other guy doing too too much. And I just think it's going to be a situation where I'm worried for the other fighter. He lost really bad in the last fight. <laughs> and and I just don't see him winning this, this fight at all. But I did want to also mention a couple things, too, in, in boxing that I just think um, I went back and forth with someone on YouTube, and we was talking about Keith Thurman. And Keith Thurman versus Errol Spence. And my thing is, Errol Spence doesn't want to fight Keith because of the fact that many years ago, Keith wanted to fight Errol. I'm sorry, Errol wanted to fight Keith, and Keith wasn't ready at that point in time. He, he was nursing injuries, and he had other options available that were maybe not as good as, the, as Errol Spence, so he took those options. Now, tables a turn. Keith wants to fight Errol, and Errol now has the belt. Uh, my, my thoughts on that is that Errol, yes, he admitted on our show here, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, that he wasn't going to fight you because you were a top contender at that time. But you know what? He's ready to fight you now. And in the movie The Black Panther, when the guy wanted to fight the king, he said, I'm coming for the throne. He didn't say, I'm not going to fight you because you hurt my feelings. So my thoughts on that is, you got to be open-minded, and there's money on the table to be made. If you are really betting in him, go out there and fight and show him. Just like in golf, I think I could hit seven birdies in a game. I haven't done it yet. I can see myself coming there and doing it. I can envision it, but I haven't actually done it yet. You can't expect us to feel that you're going to beat Keith if you haven't actually fought him and beat him. So my thoughts on that fight is go ahead and fight him. Let's see. Who's better? He beat a lot of the fighters that you fought. So let's see. Let's see if you are better yep. than him. Give him a call. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, on that that aspect that if somebody wanted to fight somebody 
and they weren't ready. Now they're ready to fight you, and you use that excuse. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I was just cowarding out and chickening out. I mean, honestly, that's um, it's almost like um, put your money where your mouth is. You know, I mean that that's just my opinion on it. And I know you're 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 deeper in more knowledge in the world of boxing than I am, but it doesn't take a a genius to figure out. Hey, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna call it, you know, walk. You know, Jimmy Johnson said this back in the '90s with the Cowboys: if you're gonna walk the walk, you better talk the talk. So, you know, yeah. I, I would say it kind of equates to that. You know, you gotta you know put your money where your mouth is, and you know, if you're gonna use that excuse now, it's just like, okay, man, you know, you forgot what you said five minutes ago, kind of thing. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're right. You can't use that excuse. It's in boxing. It's all about timing. When you fight guys, you know, one of his fans was like saying, well, you know, should he just be generous and fight him? I said, not generous. Open-minded is the word. Be open-minded. Show people that he's, you're better than him. I, hey, I wanted to fight you for many years. Now you're ready. I'm ready. Let's go. And the other fight that I was going to mention, his name's a little difficult to pronounce. It's Efe Ajaba. From Nigeria versus Brian Howard. That's one of the big fights tomorrow. I believe F.A. Ajaba is going to have no trouble in this fight and beat Brian Howard. That was one of the questions I asked Howard was, you know, you lost really poorly to the last fight. Fans are really worried about you in this fight against F.A. Ajaba, who's actually younger and stronger and bigger, maybe not wider than the other guy, but better shape. This guy is like has a body like Deontay Wilder, and he is – I mean, he's chiseled and strong. Why are you not worried about yourself and your health against this fighter when you lost your last fight really bad with four knockdowns? And he said, nah, man, the fans have got to worry about me. Well, I am still worried, and I'm going to speak you in this fight. I pray that you're right, but I just – I got F.A. Ajaba winning that fight tomorrow, too. So I got F.A. Ajaba and Joe Smith Jr. both having great nights on Saturday night. I will be watching those two fights. The good thing is they're on late late at night. So me and Aaron will get a chance to watch the golf, and the boxing will come on much later at night. But <laughs> Mr. Howard, man, the last – a couple of fights ago, one of his competitors, when the bell rang, he turned around and walked out the ring against F.A. Ajaba. So at least that guy was smart not to fight him. I just, I worried about yeah. <laughs> I worried about Howard, and that was one of my questions. And, you know, definitely thank you to Top Rank for letting us in the press conference for the Allen and Aaron Sports, a greater show. I'm deeply, deeply appreciative of that to give you guys this inside information. And, you know, it's, it's great that we'll give you a chance to get some more inside information as time goes on. Definitely yeah. good to hear everything there. And, again, appreciative to them for allowing us to attend uh, and be a part of the, uh, the press conference. So so another great week, uh, another great week of, of uh, sports news and just great things to be able to talk about. Again, you know, we don't take this stuff for granted. A year ago we didn't have this opportunity because nothing was really happening. Everything was at a pretty much literal standstill. So uh, we're going to have a lot more great stuff coming up in the future. Again, uh, Alan, I know we've talked about working on some uh, interviews with some different people in the sports world, which we will have in, uh, in due time. Uh, we'll have some, some guests coming onto our show. But I want to thank our listeners tonight. You are the ones who we do this for. Uh, we're here to entertain. 
hopefully uh, get some laughs in, obviously have, uh, as I mentioned, some fun, and, uh, and hopefully keep everybody uh, happy and, and uh, entertained. So thank you tonight to our listeners here. Again, this is uh, April 9th, 2021. It's the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast. We thank you so much for joining us here tonight. And if you missed any part of the show or you just want to hear our great voices and our great insight again, you can always play us back anytime through iHeartRadio. Thank you again tonight, and everyone have a safe evening. Thank you for listening to the Evan Aaron's Post Podcast. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.